Welcome to the Wake Up Podcast. I am so excited that you're here. Listen, these podcasts are best listened to in the morning because we are waking up not only our bodies from sleeping, but we're waking up our minds. We're waking up our focus. We're waking up our calling and we are following the breadcrumbs that God has left for us throughout the day over our life to tell us exactly what to do next. So stop saying that you don't know what to do. Stop feeling overwhelmed. Stop living in the valley and start walking into your calling. So I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the show. (laughs) Uh, But I'm super, super excited to talk to you today about a few things. So we said in our last episode that we were going to talk about praying part two, and we are going to be talking about that today, but we're going to be talking about all kinds of stuff in the middle of this because praying has literally become my favorite, favorite, favorite thing to do. And I never used to pray that much. I never really understood it. I felt kind of silly. I just kind of stumbled on my words. I would do it like as I was falling asleep because I knew that I should pray, but I wasn't using prayer as the superpower tool that we have at our disposal at any moment of any day. And To me, now that I'm praying and I know the benefits of prayer and I see God answering my prayers and I see my life changing and I'm experiencing him even more, it makes me realize even more how much I missed out on before I prayed and how much people are currently missing out on because you're not praying. But I first wanted to talk about the world that we live in. So I live in the United States. It's 2022. We live in a very crazy fast world. So my son the other day was making a sandwich and he was putting salami on it, mayonnaise and all this stuff. And we were talking about how hard it would be to make a sandwich a hundred years ago. (laughs) And I said, it's crazy that you can just open the refrigerator, grab stuff, make a sandwich within five minutes, and you're eating it and you're on your way to do something different. Imagine how hard it would have been to make the bread alone. Like, let's just talk about the bread, how long that would have taken. Really think back. It's not like, okay, let me just throw it in my bread maker. The hardest part is making the dough. No, (laughs) you have to plow the fields and plant the wheat. And I mean, really think about that. Think about when they didn't have tractors to even do it. They were pulling horses. They were literally taking their entire life to just make bread. And we're in a society where we can open the loaf, throw the pieces out, put salami on there, put a piece of cheese. Really thinking about this, and he's like, How would you even make salami? I'm like, I have no idea. Ask Alexa, I have no clue how to make salami, but I imagine it would be very hard. And him and I started talking the fact that we have so much time in our day that never existed even 100 years ago. So it got me thinking about electricity. And I did some research and found out that in 1925, only half of the homes in the U.S. 
received electricity. So still half over, it actually said over half did not have electricity in them. That was only 97 years ago. There are people that are walking on this earth still to this day that were born in this time. That when they were born, their house didn't have electricity. I know my grandma, when she was born, she's in her late seventies, I think. And she told me stories about when her dad bought the very first TV and they were the only person on the entire street to own a television and they would turn it and they would face it out the window and all the kids from the neighborhood would stand in front of the window and they would watch this television. Think about what we have today and how different the world is. We really live in this microwave culture. And so we want things now. We want to do things now. So thinking back to a hundred years ago when all we had was farming and you spent your entire life just trying to feed your family, like from the moment you woke up to the minute you went to bed, all you had time for was to feed the animals, take care of the farm, milk the cows. You had no time to do anything else. You were making your own clothing. You were churning your own butter. You were not buying stuff on Amazon. <laughs> you are not buying cute gold stud pumpkin earrings on Amazon. You were not going into Target, grabbing a Starbucks and looking around for the food that you want for the day. Those things didn't exist. So the fact that something that used to take us all day or months to accomplish now can take us five minutes, what it happens to us is that we overwhelm ourselves by doing so many tasks because the tasks that we can do now are so much faster than they used to be. And yes, was it God's design for people to create and grow and get better? And of course, he, he wanted that to happen. He gave us these dreams. He put these ideas in the inventor's minds. He gave us a creative way of thinking. These are gifts and, and presents that he gave us so that we could go out and change the world and we could impact the world. And the way that the world has changed and become a microwave society has a lot of pros to it. I, being on this podcast right now is a perfect example. I can talk to someone who's in a different country and they can hear the words of God. And I don't have to be your next door neighbor to talk to you or to even know you. Social media, media in general, electricity, telephones, the internet, all of these things have a lot of pros to them. They also have a lot of cons, but we're just talking about the pros right now. But what it does to our minds is that we need things to happen right now. Like right now, God, I need this to happen right now, right this second. I need to feel better right now. I need this prayer to be answered right now. I need a new job right now. I need my marriage to get better right now. I need my kids to start acting different right now. And we want this to happen fast. We want to press 30 seconds on the microwave and it beeps and it's done. But we serve a crockpot God and he is not as fast as we want him to be. As, as people in 2022, we have two speeds. We go fast and we go faster. There is no slow. In fact, when I tell people that they need to slow down, they're like, I, I literally can't. Taryn, I literally cannot slow down. And I know what that feels like because I am a natural 
doer. I'm a natural hustler. I always have a million things going on in my mind. I get excited and motivated and passionate. I just want to do and go and, and I can't slow down. It's so hard when God tells me be still. And I keep having to relearn this over and over and over because I hear him. I get it. I believe it. I start doing it. I slow down. I do less. I say no. Is there anyone else out there who just says yes to everything? Want to go to lunch? Yeah. Want to serve in our ministry? Yeah. Want to watch my kids for me while I work? Sure. Want to help me do this? Yeah. We're just constantly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, we can't even hold what we have, but we keep saying yes. That's a whole different message. That comes from people pleasing, having poor boundaries, needing the approval of others. Sometimes it's connected to pride. But we say yes, 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 yes. So when you start saying no, you clear things off your plate. It's the best way to slow down. Say no. No, I can't. I'm, I'm really sorry. I can't help you. I just cannot help you. I cannot do that. I cannot say yes. No. You can even say no to your kids when they want to do extra things. Like lately, my kids have been asking, can you pick me up from the school at four? Can you pick me up at the school at five when the volleyball game's over? Can I stay late? And can you pick me up at the football game? And can I go to so-and-so's house? And I have to start saying no, because I cannot just be this taxi 24 seven. I have other things that I need to be doing. I need to be still, I need time for God to speak to me and I need time to talk to God. And we talked about before that uh, prayer is us telephoning to God and God telephoning to us is intuition. And if you're super busy and you're just running from thing to thing, to thing, to thing, you don't have time to tap into your intuition. You're not even thinking about how your soul feels. You're just thinking about the mind. And everywhere in the Bible, it tells us, do not trust the mind. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge and trust me, not yourself, not your brain. You do not want to trust the mind because the mind is not sound. You want to trust the Holy Spirit that's living inside of you. If you've received the Holy Spirit and prayed, God, I'm surrendering my life to you. I'm giving it to you. I cannot do this in my own strength anymore. You admit that you cannot do this without God and you believe and you trust that God is going to help you in your life. This is how it starts. If you're so busy, you can't hear the phone ring. You, you can't even get to the phone because you're just so busy. But we need to realign God's truth with our understanding, because we get busy and we're out there and we're crazy. We're not reading our Bibles because we don't have time. We don't know his truth. And that's what leads us to trust him. And when we trust him, we trust his timeline. So the more you learn about God, the more you experience him, the more you realize that this isn't about me. This is about him. And I heard this at my women's retreat a couple of weeks ago, and it literally blew my mind. She says, when you stand before God one day, what are you going to say that you were too busy doing to not know the Bible front to back? What are you going to say? God, I was so busy driving my kids to soccer and to football. I was so busy cleaning my house. Yeah, I'm reading this children's Bible to Skylar every night. 
I read her stories in it until she falls asleep. I'm going to make a reel about it today and post on it because as I'm reading it every night, I'm thinking every single person should be doing this. If they have kids, you should be reading this Bible. Not only is she hearing it, but I'm learning so much from this kid's Bible. And I read the story about Mary and Martha that were sisters and they're friends with Jesus and Jesus was in their house. And he was talking to Mary and Mary was just sitting on the floor, listening to him, soaking up all of his wisdom and everything. Martha, meanwhile, is cleaning her house. She's cooking a meal for Jesus and, and Mary, and she's getting more angry by the second because she just is stewing, thinking Mary's not even in here to help me. Here I am cooking and cleaning for Jesus. She should be in here helping me. And as I read it, I was like, Martha looks just like me. She had like a bowl in her hand and she had this mad look on her face and she had like a towel over her shoulder and the house was dirty and she had the broom by her. And I'm like, this is literally who I am. I get so obsessive over cleaning and cooking and making sure everything is in its place and everything is okay. And, and I miss the message. And Martha finally says, Jesus, will you tell Mary to get in here and help me. And he says, Martha, you shouldn't be so angry. She is doing what is good. She's listening to me. That is more important than cooking and cleaning for me. And in that moment of laying in Skylar's bed, reading his children's Bible, I just had this revelation. Like I just am obsessive over cleaning stuff. And I didn't used to be like that. When I met John, I was the messy one. I left dishes in the sink. I left my drawers open in my dresser that drove him nuts. Like, can you just close the dang dresser drawer? <laughs> I had clothes everywhere. I didn't care. And all of a sudden, over the last 12 years of being together, I slowly turned into this like crazy meat freak. Like if there's anything on the ground, it needs to be vacuumed. And you know what I think? I really just think it's a way to busy myself. It's a way to feel like I'm doing more, that I'm working, I'm performing. And that's what our society says. That's what our culture says. The more you do, the more you hustle, the more you work, the better you are. Look at you, hustler, go-getter. And we wear shirts that say like, every day I'm hustling. And there's notebooks that say hustle. Go on Amazon and type in hustle apparel or go on Etsy and you will see thing after thing after thing. There's necklaces and rings and phone cases and background screens on your phone. And I used to teach people how to hustle and how to do more and how to really, really jam pack your day with as many things as possible. That's what society is telling us. That's what the culture is telling us. It's saying, go faster, go faster, go faster. I really feel like it's just a trick from the enemy, just trying to distract us. You know, if he gets behind us and he's pushing us. We can't really see what we're running past. We can't really see the breadcrumbs that are on the ground. And we have to be mindful of those things. And we have to know, fill in the blank. If blank would happen, then I could relax. What is the thing that you just keep telling yourself? If I get this raise, then I can relax. If my son is healed, then I can relax. If I just finished my master's degree, then I can relax. If I just get these dishes done, then I can relax. If I just get caught up in this laundry, then I can relax. If I just help my kids with their schoolwork, then I can relax. If I just could fix my marriage, then I could relax. This mantra that we're repeating over and over in our heads, if this would happen, then I could relax. 
it's just smoke and mirrors. You're not going to be able to relax because what the human mind does is it fixates on one thing. And when that thing goes away, it just fixates on another thing. And that's all that happens. And that's why it's so important to go to therapy, especially if you've overcome trauma and hardships in your life, because your brain has actually changed its wiring to keep you safe, to protect you, keep you alive, keep your brain happy, keep it sane. And a lot of the things that you picked up to do aren't things you need to do anymore. Like you don't have to do that. If you're fighting a battle and you're in war, you're probably going to sleep with a gun under your pillow. When you get home in your suburbs, in your neighborhood, you don't have to be in that fight or flight mode anymore. But your mind is like freaking out still. Like I have to protect myself. And people that fight wars, they develop PTSD. And because they went through trauma and they have to relearn how to live as a civilian. And it's one of the hardest things. And if you have someone in your family that's in the military and you've seen this happen, you know that this is so true. We don't have to live like we're in survival mode anymore. You don't have to. God doesn't want you to survive. He wants you to live your life, but he wants you to live your life with him. And I'm going to read a bunch of scriptures today about prayer. And we're actually going to talk about the seven reasons why we should pray. But prayer is the portal to God. You're missing out on peace in areas of your life because you're not praying about them. And today I was talking with Sophia on the way to school. She has an orthodontist appointment today. She's getting some of her um, hardware, for lack of a better term, in her mouth out. And she's getting more braces on. And she got in the car on her way to school. And she said, I'm just going to be so worried and anxious all day today. And I said, why? She's like, because of my orthodontist appointment. And I was like, no, we are not commanded to live our whole day with anxiety and worry. God says, do not be anxious about anything for the Lord. Your God is with you wherever you go. Do not be fearful. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous. And I just started just quoting scriptures to her and telling her, God does not want you walking around your day without peace, because when you have the Holy Spirit, you get to experience God. It's not just a bunch of rules and, and rituals and do this and do that and just listen because he's the authority. Just do what you're supposed to. You actually get to experience God working in your life. And I never experienced this until a few years ago when I really started practicing my faith and getting closer to God when I got out of the valley and realized that the whole reason why I felt so bad all these years is because I was living totally in the world separate from God claiming I was a Christian but my actions weren't lining up my thoughts weren't lining up and I realized that you can experience God's peace so if you're praying for something it's not just God Help me get to my orthodontist appointment safe, keep our car safe, surround us with angels to get there and help the pain, help it not be that bad. No, we can pray for peace. So I prayed over her this morning and I said, Lord, remove this anxiety and fear and worry from Sophia's mind. Release this tension and this energy and this feeling from her because you did not give her a spirit of fear, but you gave her a spirit of peace. And be courageous and bold 
and you do not want her to be anxious and worrying about anything. Remove that from her and replace it with your peace, Lord, that every time she thinks of the orthodontist, the feeling immediately leaves her and she's filled with peace and comfort that you're right there with her. And I know for a fact that God is going to show up and he is going to make her feel better. Now she might not 100% say, I never even thought about it. I felt great all day, but I know that he is going to fill her with his peace because he promises that he will. So if you're not praying, which let me just remind you real quick, if you haven't listened to praying part one, go back and listen to episode 80 because we talk about the basis of prayer and we actually go through some acronyms that can help you and what you should pray for and um, tips and tricks and things like that. But it's the prayer. Prayer is the portal to God. You're missing out on the peace that he wants to give you. Peace I give you, peace I leave you. He wants you to have peace about things because you're not in control. He is. And we're not on your microwave timeline. We're on God's crockpot timeline. He is working all things together for his good, not just to answer your prayers. So one thing that you need to learn how to do, James Clear talks about it in his book, Atomic Habits, where he talks about habit stacking. And this is something that I taught people way before I even read this book. So reading the book, I'm like, yes, this makes so much sense. He's putting in words what I've always done. But I used to sell mental health supplements. And I would tell people when they would purchase the supplements, the hardest thing for them to do was to remember to take their supplements. Now, if you're someone who takes supplements or pills or you have to remember to drink a green drink or you're trying to take collagen or whatever you're doing, you can probably relate to this, that it's really hard to remember to get in the habit. And they say it takes 21 days to get in a habit. So how do you get to day 21 where it becomes a habit, just like brushing your teeth? You wake up, you brush your teeth. You don't need to write yourself a note. Hey, Taryn, don't forget, brush your teeth today. You don't have to put it in your schedule. A lot of people aren't putting it on their to-do list. You just wake up and brush your teeth. Now, if you have little kids, sometimes you don't brush your teeth right away. Sometimes you need to put shower on your to-do list, especially if you're a brand new mom and you have little babies. Sometimes you stay in your pajamas all day and you realize at five o'clock, I haven't even brushed my teeth today. And you know what? That's okay. But if you stack your prayers with other habits, it will be easier for you to remember to pray. So what is keeping you from prayer? What is the barrier that's keeping you from spending time with God and praying? Are you too busy? Are you forgetting? Because for me, that's what I would do. I would just wake up and I immediately was just like flying through my day. I would wake up, I would grab my phone, I would check my notifications, I would check my email, I would look at my calendar, what do I have going on today? I would get lost in Instagram or TikTok for a while. Uh, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh shoot, I need to go wake my kids up. So I would get up, I wake my kids up, I'm making them lunches, I'm staying on top of them, making sure they have their stuff while I'm trying to get ready and get the baby ready. We're driving them to school. We're coming home. I'm doing my other stuff. I'm dropping the baby off. I, we're busy. Whether you have kids or not, you are busy. We talk about this all the time. All of a sudden, you lay down at night and you're like, oh my gosh, I never even prayed today. Okay, I'll just pray right now. God, thank you for today. Keep everyone safe. Keep everyone healthy. Thanks for this life that you gave me. Amen. Amen. 
Now, should you be thankful? Of course. Should you pray for safety and health? Yes. But let me tell you, when you remove the barriers and you put time in your schedule to pray, you will experience so much peace. You will experience so much joy. And you will have God answering and helping your prayers, even if he's not answering them in the way that you want them answered, they're still being answered some way, shape, or form. And that's why I like writing down my prayers, because I can go back and I can see, oh, well, God didn't do that, but he changed it. So one of the things that I was praying for so hard, like, I really honestly don't think there was anything else that I ever prayed so hard about that I wanted so badly that God never answered my prayer. And now looking back, he did answer my prayer, but in a different way. And I'm very grateful he didn't answer it in my way because that wasn't the will of my life. And the prayer was that I would become a top earner in my network marketing company that I was with. And I had someone recently message me and ask me, and how can we trust ourselves and follow these breadcrumbs that God gives us when sometimes what we think is best for us and we act on later is not what's best for us. And looking back, we thought that God was leading us over here, but he actually wasn't. And that makes me nervous. Like, can I even trust myself? And can I trust where I'm going? And the answer is no, you cannot trust yourself. Do not trust your mind. You need to trust your soul. You need to trust your intuition. You need to pray and think, do I not think you need to feel, do I feel not with your emotions because those are in your mind. But do I feel inside, intuitively, in my soul, in my gut? Do I feel like this is where God wants me to be? And one of the best things God ever did for me was bring me to my network marketing company. My last company that I was with, almost every single day, I would say, thank God I found this company. Thank God I am with this company. Lord, you are so great. I can't even believe that I found this. I can't even believe that this is my life. Thank you, God. And now I thank God almost every single day that I'm out of that company. And how can that be? How can five years ago, I was on my knees thanking God for bringing me this company. And now five years later, I'm jumping up and down rejoicing that I'm no longer with this company. God uses all things for our good. And he brings us down paths to learn certain lessons to get to our next area of life. We think we're going down this path. This is our path. This is our destiny. This is where we're supposed to be. But God is saying, I'm bringing you through this because I want you to learn a lesson going through this. He is not taking you on this long hike to show you the scenery. He's taking you on this long hike because he wants you to build up stamina. So now you've been walking and hiking and you've been following him and that's what you learned. It wasn't what happened around you that was important. It was what you were going through and the lessons that you were learning through it. You know, my daughter right now wants to quit soccer and the season isn't over and she wants to quit so bad. 
And I told her, you, you cannot quit. You have to get through this. You have to go. And at the end of this, you can quit if you want to. But right now, you're not just going to quit in the middle of this because it's not about soccer. I'm not trying to teach her that she needs to keep going to soccer. Maybe soccer isn't her thing and that's okay. But I'm trying to teach her that once you sign up for something, you can't just let your team down. You can't just quit. You need to finish what you started. So the lesson here isn't keep playing soccer. I want you to play soccer. The lesson is to don't quit and finish what you started. It's the same thing that happens with God. And if you trust in your own ways, that won't be good. You have to trust in God's ways and trust that he's working all things together for your good. Even trauma and terrible things that have happened in your life. Now, he didn't want that to happen to you, but because it happened to you, he turned all things together to work for his good. So he said, because she's went through this, I'm going to help her in this area. And because she has this experience, she now can do this. Do you know that every single thing that I learned in my network marketing company has equipped me to run a successful ministry at my church? They're like, you need to invite people to come to this event. I'm like, oh, I got it. <laughs> I know how to do the events. I know how to invite people to events. I did this for a living. They're like, you need to get on stage and motivate people. Yep, got it. I know how to do that. You need to study this information and repeat it back and present it. Yep, I know how to do that. I used to speak on the convention stages. I got this. Every single thing that I learned in a previous season of my life, even though I thank God that I'm not there anymore, I thank God for bringing me through it. Because if I didn't experience that, if I didn't meet the people I met, even though some of them were toxic, even though some of them caused me a lot of grief, I'm still so grateful for the lessons that I've learned and what I've been through. So if you remove these barriers, and you stop being so busy and you realize that there are areas in your life that you can pray and you can ask for guidance. Think of the pockets in your day that you can multitask and you can add prayer on top of what you're already accustomed to doing. A habit that's already ingrained in you, like brushing your teeth. Maybe you start saying every morning when I brush my teeth, I'm going to pray for one of my kids. Or I'm going to pray for my husband, or I'm going to pray for my day, or I'm going to pray for peace. Or for me, when I wake up extra early, I have time to pray. So I said, okay, I'm going to go to bed earlier so I can wake up earlier. And I'm not going to grab my phone and turn it off of airplane mode and start scrolling. I'm going to go into my kitchen, make my coffee, sit down. And the first thing I'm going to do is pray. And so when I started doing that, now I'm accustomed to that. And now I do that every single morning. The other time that I pray is on my way to school with my daughter. And it's an amazing time to show her how to pray. Because yes, the scripture says, go into your room and close the door and pray. But we need to teach our children how to pray too. So it's okay if they open the door and come in because they need to see us praying. So on the way to school, I pray for my daughter. She also takes a turn praying. Skylar sometimes chimes in if she feels like it and she prays with us. And then my daughter goes into school and I have 10 minutes where I, I sit there and wait for them to open the doors. She likes to be there really early type A personality, um, very controlling. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, she wants to be there early because she wants to be able to 
be there. So I have to wait 10 minutes in the line. And instead of me just waiting 10 minutes and scrolling on my phone, like all the other moms are doing, instead, I take 10 minutes to close my eyes and get deep in prayer for 10 minutes. Now, 10 minutes is a long time to pray when you start praying. And if you're not also opening your eyes and looking around and driving a car, you can get a lot prayed for in 10 minutes. You really can. And then we pray on the way back from school too. I pray on the way back from driving her to school. That's when I pray for our morning calls. Um, and I pray right before I press start. Sometimes I'm a few minutes late because I'm sitting here and I'm praying for the Holy Spirit to speak through me. Thank you for using me as a vessel. It is an honor and a privilege that you allow me to speak to your daughters. Thank you for using me. I don't want to speak this call because it's not going to work. We need the Holy Spirit here. So Holy Spirit, open the ears, open the eyes, remove the scales, help me to just let the Holy Spirit run this call and me let go of control. If I didn't do that, the calls wouldn't be like they are. I promise you they're not. Because when I started diligently praying for these podcasts and for them to reach more people and for them to connect to more people, I started getting floods of messages like, this is exactly what I needed to hear. I'm so glad I found this podcast. I'm so glad that I found this episode. This is exactly what I needed at this exact moment. And I know it's because of prayer. James 1.5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. If you don't know what to do in a situation, you need to be praying for it. And I don't know about you, but the majority of things that happen in my life, I have no idea what to do. No clue. Like raising teenagers. Okay. No clue. Raising daughters. Zero clue. Raising myself. No idea. How to help me feel better. How to help me to slow down. I don't know how to do any of these things. When I needed to decide which ministry do I want to be a part of, where do I want to devote my time to, it, it required me to pray for wisdom. And all over the Bible, it shows that people prayed for wisdom and they were given wisdom and they knew what to do with it. So James 1.5 says, if you lack wisdom, you should ask God and he will give it to you. It will be given to you. It doesn't say maybe he might give it to you if he's feeling like it or if you're good enough. He says it will be given to you if you lack wisdom and you ask God for wisdom, it will be given to you. Talk about experiencing God, not knowing what to do. If you're journaling, God, what do I do? I don't know what to do with this situation. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Eventually, one day you will know what to do. And if you ask for it, it will be given to you a lot quicker. And it will be the right information instead of the wrong information because you're using your reasoning mind to do it. So here's seven reasons why you should pray. And if you're taking notes, make sure to write these down. Write down the scriptures with them so you can go back and you can look. If you're driving right now and you can't take notes, I'm going to put these seven reasons in the description of the podcast and on YouTube, whatever you're listening to this on. So you can go back and you can take a screenshot and you can see them. Um, so I don't want anyone to miss these. Or you can go back to the last 20 minutes of the call and you can listen to these. So number one, number one reason why you need to pray is because he commands us to do it. So in Philippians four verses six through seven, he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 
and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, which means the peace of God, which you won't understand, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So this is the prayer that I told my daughter this morning. This is the scripture that I quoted because I immediately was like, do not be anxious about this. We need to pray and we need to ask God to help us and he will give us peace. It surpasses all understanding. So my aunt lost her husband to cancer last year and she had so much peace. And she's like, it doesn't make any sense. I just lost my husband, but I have this peace in me. And it's because she has been praying for it. We all were praying for her. She's a very strong Christian, very strong in her faith. She was praying that his life would be saved and it wasn't. God didn't answer her prayer the way she wanted it to be answered. And sometimes we don't understand that. But the scripture says we will have peace. It'll surpass all understanding. If you are waiting on a prayer, there was an episode that we recorded, episode 61, called Waiting on a Prayer. And if you have something you're praying for, you're praying for healing, you're praying for wisdom, you're praying for advice, you're praying for a job to come through, a relationship to work out, whatever you're praying for, and you are waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And if God is not giving you an answer yet, I want you to listen to episode 61 because it'll really help you. A lot of people say like, why do bad things happen to good people? Why does God take away the people we love who are serving God? Why isn't he answering my prayers? Why isn't he hearing me? Why isn't he listening? And that episode will really dive deep into waiting on a prayer. So the second reason why we need to pray is because Jesus prayed. And he is who we should be modeling. Whatever he did here on earth is how we should be living our life. You know, to be in your calling, a lot of people think like, I'm trying to find my calling. How do I know my calling? How do I know my calling? What is this about? And I have my course, find your purpose, to find your purpose in life and to find your calling and who you should help and who you should show up for. But honestly, we're called to live and to act and to model a lifestyle after Christ. And we are called to spread the good news and to just act like Christ, to love our neighbors and to flee from sin and to live a holy life and to spend time in prayer with God, because that's what we're called to do. You're living in your calling if you're modeling your life after Christ. Now, are we Jesus Christ? Are we perfect? Absolutely not. We are never going to live up to what he wants from us. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. And that's why we need to be praying that God helps us because the Holy Spirit can change us. So when you want to sin and you want to do something and you're tempted, God says to pray. And that's actually the next reason why you need to pray. Uh, but first, I want to tell you that Mark 135 says, and rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to the desolate place. And there he prayed. Jesus went out away from his house before the sun even rose and he prayed. And that's what we're supposed to do. Now, are you going to hell and God doesn't love you because you don't wake up early? Well, it's still dark and pray. Of course not that's legalism. And that's not what this is about. This isn't about rules and rituals and 
we're not the Pharisees here. It's about relationship. It's about trying. It's about devoting our life to wanting to do better, praying that God helps us. Do you know that you can pray and ask God to help you get up early in the morning? That's one of the superpowers that he does for me. I am not a morning person. I actually loathe the mornings. I hate the mornings. I've never been a morning person. I hate how it looks. I hate how it feels. I hate how it smells. I hate how I feel. I hate everything about the morning, but not anymore. I was praying diligently for God to wake me up. And I would say, God, when my alarm clock goes off, help me to just wake up, to be wide awake, to be ready to go, to not have a negative mindset right away. The majority of people wake up and instantly think, I didn't get enough sleep and I'm too tired. It's the first thought that the majority of people have in their mind when they wake up. I didn't get enough sleep. I'm too tired for this. We're not going to do that. I pray, God, wake me up in the morning before my alarm clock even goes off. Have me wake up and be alert and awake and ready to start the day. And do you know what? He did it because now my alarm clock goes off. And usually before it even goes off, when my husband's getting ready for work, I wake up and I'm wide awake and I'm, and I'm in a good mood usually, and I'm ready to get going. And I love how quiet it is. I love that it's dark still. I love to make my coffee. I love how I feel. I love to sit down and I love it all. God did that in me. He changed that in me. So Jesus prayed, we should pray. You know, before he had to go to the cross, the night before he went and he prayed, Lord, if you can remove this from me, please take this from my plate. I cannot do this. Remove this from me. I don't want to do this. If there is another way, God, please, please deliver me from this. It actually says in scripture that he was sweating blood. And that's what happens to the human body when you're under so much stress and fear and worry. It's what happens to you because it changes your makeup and your cellular structure inside your body when you're going through so much stress. And he knew he was going to have to endure the cross the next day. And he was pleading, God, if this is in your will, please change this. But God didn't answer his prayer. God didn't say, okay, I'm going to do this. God sacrificed his own son. And we think he can't sacrifice our own son. He can't sacrifice my husband. He can't sacrifice me. Lord, don't let this man die. I was praying so hard for my uncle's life to be spared. He was a follower of Christ. He ran the drama program at his church. He was changing his community. So many people needed him. He was so young. Lord, he will carry out your word. Keep him alive. He will change this world. He will change generations. We need him here. And God took him from us. And now over the last year and a half, we have found out that so many people have come to the Lord because of my uncle Bobby's legacy. And at his funeral, there were people that, that, agreed and surrendered their life to God and said, because of Bobby, I'm going to do this. He taught me to follow God. And even as he was dying, he was making YouTube videos and going live on Facebook saying God's will, not mine. I talk about being a faithful servant. I couldn't do that. That would be so hard to do. But even when God isn't showing up, we're called to pray because that's what Jesus did. So number one is because God tells us to pray. Number two is because Jesus prayed. Number three is it gives us strength 
to help us overcome temptation. So Matthew 26, verse 41 says, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So let's say you're trying to quit drinking. And this is something that I just did. I'm like 94 days sober or something like that, which is insane to me. <laughs> like literally so crazy that I've been sober almost a third of a year. And I would feel in my mind, like, I really want a spicy margarita right now. <laughs> Those were my downfall. Like, I really just want a spicy margarita or I really want a glass of wine. And I would make dinner. I'm like, I really want a glass of wine right now. And I would just start praying, God, take away this temptation. Resist this temptation. The enemy will flee. I do not need to drink. I know that I do not want to drink, but I want to so bad. I want this glass of wine and I have a bottle in my fridge or I have the stuff for the margaritas or I'm going to my favorite restaurant that has the margaritas. I could just have one. No, God, help me resist the temptations of the day. Help me to stay sober just today. And that's what my prayer became. Every morning I woke up, the minute my mind woke up, my eyes weren't even open yet. I would say, God, help me to be sober just today, just today. And I don't know why I wanted to say y'all. I'm from Michigan. We don't say y'all up here. We say you guys. <laughs> so I wanted to say y'all, I wasn't even a big drinker. I wasn't even a person that was drinking every single day or, or had a drinking problem. I just knew God was telling me, be of sober mind, be sober, stop drinking. Every time that I drink in the next day, all God would say is stop drinking, stop drinking, stop drinking, stop drinking. I actually recorded a few podcasts about it. Episode 60, um, episode 63 was called sobriety. And I've been thinking about this for so long now because I knew that I needed to be sober. God has been telling me this. So I prayed, God, help me resist this temptation. And the scripture says, if you resist the enemy, he will flee. No temptation has overcome you. God promises to give you a way out of every single temptation possible. You will never be tempted more than you can handle. Just remember that. That is a promise. You will never be allowed to be tempted more than you can handle with Christ. So if you need to gain strength in something, you need to overcome temptation. Maybe you're trying to quit smoking cigarettes. Maybe you're trying to quit smoking weed or you want to stop taking gummies or you want to stop swearing, or maybe you have lust in your heart, lust in your spirit. There's a guy you're lusting after at work. There's a guy that you're lusting after in your class or wherever you are, and your marriage is really struggling right now. And this guy is really giving you everything that you need. And he's really speaking to you and he's filling your spirit and he's telling you these things and he's encouraging you. And it's creating a divide between you and your husband and the temptation to act on this relationship. Or maybe you have acted on this and you are committing adultery and you found yourself in a place that you never thought you would be. And you have so much shame and you have so much guilt Know that God can deliver you from this and he can give you the strength and you can leave it. You have to pray for it though. You have to ask him for it because he is not going to force things on you. He is a loving, patient father who is not going to shove your face in something that you don't want to be shoved into. That's not the definition of love. 
And if you've ever been in a narcissistic or a manipulative relationship, they can't force you to love them. You might say you love them. You might do things to show them you love them, but your heart doesn't love them. God wants our heart to truly love him. And you have to ask for help. He's not going to force you to stop if you don't ask him to stop. But it's one of the reasons why you should be praying. The next reason is to get his advice and his counsel. You need to know what God says about a situation. You're not going to know unless you pray for it. So if you're trying to decide what ministry to be in, if maybe you have a toxic friendship and you're like, God, am I supposed to separate from this person? You know, sometimes God removes people from our lives or puts a distance between us for a reason. And we're really not called to be with certain people for our entire lives, but just for seasons. And if God is removing someone from your life, or if someone is removed from your life, I guess I should say, maybe it's God removing them. Maybe he's creating the distance because of the toxicity, but you're like, should I try to mend this relationship? Should I try to reconcile? Should I try to hold on to this? God, what should I do? What should I do? You need to seek his advice and his counsel. So chapter six in Luke verses 12 through 13 says, in these days, Jesus went out to the mountain to pray. And all night he continued in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his disciples and chose from them 12 who he named apostles. So this is when Jesus was trying to figure out who are my apostles going to be? He went to the mountain to pray. All night he continued in prayer to God. Do you know what it's like to pray all night long? Because I just said it takes a lot to pray for 10 minutes. I was challenged a couple months ago to pray for one hour. One hour. And this is a lot. And you will learn a lot by doing this. You can't steer a parked car. You have to start moving it. So if you suck at praying, you don't know how to pray, you feel weird, you feel awkward, you can't get your mind to focus. It's racing, it's all over the place. First of all, if there's something in your mind that's keeping you from praying and all you keep thinking about is this thing, pause your prayer, write this down, and then go back to your prayer. So if you're trying to like rush because you have to hurry up and like pay these bills or do this thing that you said you were going to do at work, but you're trying to pray and you're like, oh my gosh, hurry up because I have all this stuff to do. Stop your prayers, make your to-do list, and then pray. Get it out of your mind. I sometimes keep a notebook in front of me as I'm praying. So as things just pop out, sometimes I get ideas and those are from God. I'm seeking his advice and his counsel. Like today when I was praying, he told me about this email he wanted me to send to all of the people on my email list. So if you're on this podcast live, you're going to get it. If you signed up for my email list, you're going to get this too. If you haven't signed up for my email list, just go to the link in my bio on Instagram at Taryn Sarconi and you can join my email list. And you will get this email, but God told me today to send out this anonymous survey and ask for 100 people to answer these questions. It'll take less than five minutes. They're very serious questions and they're all yes or no. It's completely anonymous. You don't have to send any of your information with this. All you need to put is yes or no. And I'm going to do a giveaway and I'm going to give away a free chosen and anointed t-shirts 
So you can remember how chosen and anointed you are every single day when you take this out of your closet. And it will become your favorite shirt because it is very comfortable. And it gets better as you wash it as well. It doesn't get worse. And God gave me all of this plan as I was praying today. And he said, we need a survey. We need to see where everyone's at. I want a hundred people to fill out this survey. And then I'm going to do a podcast about where people answered, because I want to show everyone that we are all the same. I want to show everyone that we have all been through it. I want to show everyone that you are not alone. I want to remove isolation from you and remove the lies that the devil is placing on you. And I didn't think of any of this. God literally had it pop in my mind so fast, all of this. And when I came home from driving my daughter to school today, before I got on this call, I wrote it on my little whiteboard on my fridge because I didn't want to forget. So God will answer you and put these ideas in your mind. I've also been praying for God to give me creative ideas. God, I need to be more creative when it comes to my email list, when it comes to reels, when it comes to showing up and to spreading your word, help me to be creative. The challenge is to pray for one hour. Do you think you could do that? Set an alarm for one hour, do it while you're not occupied doing something else, sit in your room on the floor, however you're going to be comfortable where you're not going to fall asleep and go through every single thing you can possibly think of to pray about using these seven things to help you, to jostle your mind. And in part one, I give you an acronym of the things to pray for too, like pray for yourself, pray for others. So you can go through and you can listen to that. You can also just go on Google and type in prayer acronyms and see a bunch of things show up that help you. There's like the five finger prayer, like closest to you, who you, who guides you, um, biggest influence in your life, you know, all these things that you can do to help you. But, um, he prayed all night. Can you even pray for 10 minutes? If you really need to seek his advice and counsel, you need to be spending more time in prayer. Um, the next one is overcoming demonic barriers. Oh, this is kind of a long scripture that I want to read. It's Matthew chapter 17, verses 14 through 20. It says, and when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him and kneeling before him said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he has seizures and he suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, oh, faithless and twisted generation. How long am I to be with you? I love when I read scriptures and you hear like his like annoyance. He's actually saying this to his disciples. He's like, oh, faithless and twisted generation. How long am I to be with you? How long am I bear with you? Bring him to me, he says. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him immediately. And the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast out the demon? He said to them, because of your little faith, for truly, I say to you, if you have the faith, like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. So he threw his hands up and said, oh, faith, faithless and twisted generation. How long do I have to be around you guys? Like he's so irritated because he's like, if my disciples just believed, if they had a little bit of faith, as big as a mustard seed, they could have cast this demon out. So to him, to Jesus, it showed that his disciples didn't have the faith. They were seeing the miracles happen in front of them, and they still didn't have the faith that they could cast out the demons, that they could do it. 
When is the last time you laid hands on someone and demanded a demon to leave someone? You can do it. I've seen it done. I've seen people do this to people. How come we believe that we can't do it when we have the power of the Holy Spirit? It's because we don't believe in it. And my example for this is mental health. I believe that mental health is a demon and is a darkness inside of people, whether it's depression, it's anxiety, it's any kind of mental health disorder, like bipolar disorder, PTSD, any of these things. I believe that these are demonic spirits on top of people that are clouding their minds. We need to overcome these barriers, not only in our lives, but in our kids. If you have a defiant child or you have a husband who's maybe wants to leave you and he's out cheating and he won't stop, you can pray over this barrier. Or I spoke about my friends the other day who got really offended and has left the church and has left our circle and is gone and is out in the world. That is a demonic barrier surrounding her. So I am praying for her. Lord, remove the demons from her life. Place a hedge around her of protection. Get rid and divide and put away anyone that is leading her and is guiding her falsely. We can do that through prayer. If your child is struggling with mental health, if you are struggling with mental health, if you are struggling with depression, get on your knees and cast out the spirit of depression. You know, I, um, I actually started praying over my kids and their future and their future spouses and their future children over mental health. Mental health will not touch, touch my future generations. Mental health will not impact negatively my family. The spirit of depression will not be on my teens. The spirit of anxiety will not be on their children, will not be on their wives. I am praying over them now. I am surrounding their minds. You have the power to do that. The other one is gather more people to harvest. Don't you want more people to help us? Luke 10, 12 says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord that the harvest to send out laborers into this harvest. We need more people to step up to help. We need more people speaking of their testimonies, guiding people into the light, coming into the churches. We need more people to help us. We're fighting a war. We need more people on our side. If you want more people to join and to help you with the harvest, pray for them. This is what I'm praying for specifically in my mom's ministry right now, for God to bring us people to help us lead this ministry. Bring us more people to help. Bring me the people to harvest. Bring it to come. Uh, and the last reason, number seven, is for special requests. Matthew 6, 6 says, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. Your father who sees in secret will reward you. And 1 John 5, 14 says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked for of him. So that's why I wanted to talk about waiting on a prayer because prayers should not be seen as our means of getting God to do our will on earth, but rather as a means of getting God's will done on earth. God's wisdom far exceeds our own wisdom. 
So you might be praying for something and God isn't answering it, but know that we're here to do God's will. So if you're waiting and you need encouragement and you need help for that, listen to episode 61. But prayer is like sharing the gospel with people. We don't know who's going to respond to the message until we share it. So in the same way, we'll never see the results of answered prayer unless we pray for them. A lack of prayer just shows your lack of faith and your lack of prayer and lack of faith shows your lack of trust in God's word. So if you're not going to pray because God told you to pray, Jesus showed you he prayed, you're supposed to give advice, get his advice and counsel, overcome demonic barriers, gather more people for the harvest, get strength, specific requests that you have. Like, Lord, bring the right people to my, to my ministry on Friday. Help me pop people's names into my mind that I need to invite. Help me have patience for my kids today. Help me have patience for my coworkers. Help me to have patience for my husband. Help me to fall back in love with my husband, to be head over heels in love with him again. That's a special request. And it's a special request I made to God one day when I wanted to leave my husband. When I was on the demonic spirit of lust and looking at other people and God brought me back and brought the love and the lust in my marriage again. You have not because you ask not. This is a superpower, a literal superpower that you have in you because you have Christ in you. Why are you wasting the superpower? My kids ask me all the time, mom, if you could have any superpower you wanted, what would you have? And I'm like, I just want the superpower of God. And I just want to know what my superpowers in God are. I don't need to be invisible. I don't need to teleport. I don't need to be telekinetic, you know, move things with my mind, all these things. I just need to know what God says that I can do through him. You know, they thought that that was a dumb answer. They're like, not like that. <laughs> you know, they're like, not like that. We mean like, would you rather fly? Would you like, no, honestly, but you are only doing yourself a disservice by not praying. And here's the thing. If you have kids by you starting to pray and getting closer to God, your kids will start praying and getting closer to God, not because they see you pray, but because your response to them is going to be, you should pray about it. Have you prayed about it? Can I pray over you? You will get to a point. I used to be so scared just like a year ago. I wouldn't even pray out loud. Now I pray all the time out loud. I do not care. And now I lay my hands on my kids and I will say, I need to pray over you. And I will lay my hands on my kids and I will just start praying for them. Can you imagine if you were raised in a household where your parents laid hands on you and prayed over you? You wouldn't have to learn how to pray when you're 57 years old. You wouldn't have to learn to pray when you're 45, 33. You would learn how to pray when you were six. And how much more are you going to be able to give your future generations because of what you have now? If you want your kids to be stronger and have more what you have, then it starts right now. Even if your kids are 40, 50 years old, it's not too late to do this. So pray. And if you want to download my prayer list of prayers that I specifically ask for, go to my link in my bio at Terrence Sarconi on Instagram. You can click it, you can download it, and that will actually put you right in my email list as well. So you'll get this information and you can be a part of this anonymous survey that I'm going to be sending out tomorrow. 
Um, but thank you for being here. I love you all. I believe in you. I know that you were created for more than this. You were not created to have a spirit of fear and to be timid and meek and worried and fearful and anxious and stressed. You were created for so much more. You're chosen and anointed. Be still and God will provide for you. Thank you for listening and spending your morning with me. I pray that God blesses your day and that he helps you to see the calling that is on your life. Lord, help us to be obedient to what you've called us to do. Help us to walk in our day side by side with you and link with your power instead of trying to do it on our own. We know we cannot do this on our own, although we try. Please continue to help us and continue to lead us and guide us. We love you so much in Jesus's holy name. Amen. Have a blessed day. Thanks for being here. Oh, and don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Taryn Sarconi so that you can grow with me and you can learn how to get out of the valley, how to stay out of the valley and exactly what to do to have the best life ever in 2022.